Turn your Bibles to Psalm 74, Psalm 74 this morning. My privilege to preach to you to the Word of God and bring you some thoughts from this passage of Scripture this morning. The title of the message is, Do You See the Sign? Do you see the sign? In Psalms 74, verse number 9, the psalmist here starts out right off the bat with this verse, and he says, We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet, neither is there among us any that know how long. He said, we see not our signs. I spoke this last Thursday night on how to make sound decisions. How to make decisions for your life. Even sometimes some of those more mundane decisions, just things that we need to determine. Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Not even necessarily between right right and wrong. It's just making good decisions, uh, sound decisions that are going to benefit and bless you. You know, the matter of finding and following what God's will is uh, sometimes is made mysterious and hard, but it doesn't have to be. Do you know that God wants to give you direction? When we make the wrong decisions, it can have very detrimental impact on our lives. When we make a number of wrong decisions, we multiply those wrong decisions, you know that that has a compounding effect, just like compound interest. If you ever bought something with compound interest, you realize real quick what a mess that was, how much you ended up having to pay in order to own that one thing. It's cost you a lot extra, and sometimes the decisions we make in our life do that. They cost us a lot extra. It wouldn't have been nice if we would have known or seen the sign ahead of time and not gone down that road, right? The fact of the matter is, is we need direction in our lives. We need signposts. It doesn't matter how old you are here, from the youngest to the oldest. We need the wisdom of God, His guidance in our lives. Well, I want you to know God wants to give you guidance. God is not trying to hide his will from you. God is not making it something that you have to go search in the dark for. God wants to give you guidance. He wants to put the sign out. You ever been on a road and you were supposed to turn on a particular street and you found out the one street in that 10 miles that didn't have a sign was the one you were supposed to turn on? You know, that one that didn't have the sign? You're like, oh, of all the streets, not to have a street sign, the one I'm looking for. Well, in our text here, Asaph says, we see not our signs. A few months ago, we were installing the new sound system. Brother Aaron and Glover and I were upstairs in the sound booth. We were working on a Saturday, and we'd been working there all morning, installing the sound board and running wires and soldering connections and doing all this stuff for the sound board. And we got a little hungry, and we thought, well, you know what? Let's run down to Jake's. Oh, yeah. Go to Jake's and get some pit beef. And uh, so we jumped in the car, and we're driving to Jake's. We're driving uh, north on Falls Road. We just passed Shawan Road, and we're coming up on Knox Ave. And there was a young lady coming out of Knox Ave, driving at a high rate of speed. And she ran the stop sign. And if you know that intersection there, uh, Shawan Road kind of curves like this, and Knox Ave comes up into it like this. 
you're kind of coming over a crest and turning down. Well, Billy Glover was driving in his nice Tahoe, and uh, he, he was driving there, and he saw her coming. And so he swerves into oncoming traffic. There's a great big, one of these jacked up trucks coming down Falls Road right at us. And in your mind, so quickly, you, you, you evaluate all the options. I mean, in matters of, it's amazing how quickly you think through these things. In my mind, I'm like, I don't know that that was the best course of action. Because <laughs> I'm looking at this oncoming truck. And, and Glover sees it at the same time. He's trying to avoid that, but then he sees this. And he's like, oh no, so he turns back. And the truck, he, the truck goes up on the bank on the right to miss us, and we swerve back to miss him, and the driver of the car swerved to the left to miss Aaron. Well, it was all little, too little, too late. This driver of the car hits Aaron right in his side. So we pull off the side of Knox Ave there and wait for a police officer to come to file a report. And she right away comes out, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. She says, I, I know it was my fault. It was my fault. I'm driving on an unfamiliar road. I was driving too fast. That corner snuck up on me. I didn't have any idea that it dumped out onto Falls Road there. And, uh, you know, oh, I don't know. But we waited for the police to come and file out a report while we're, while we're waiting. Um, in my mind, I'm like, I know there's a stop sign there, but I couldn't see it where we were standing. So I said, well, she ran the stop sign but I'm not seeing the stop sign. And so I, I walk up to the corner, and I'm looking for the stop sign. And the sign was there, but somebody else, who knows how long ago, uh, came up to that corner and didn't stop either, and they ran over the stop sign. And so it busted it off. There's the stop sign right there on the, uh, on the ground. The, the pole was busted in two pieces, and I don't know if the stop sign fell on the road because somebody took the stop sign and threw it up in the bushes. So I, took, I went up in the bushes and got a picture of that. <laughs> Just for the insurance, you know. But see, she had already said it was her fault. She knew she ran the stop sign. I mean, it's a pretty logical place. You, you ought to at least stop and see what's coming, whether there's a stop sign there or not. She, she broadsided his car, and uh, I just was glad I wasn't driving my car. Amen. <laughs> no, we, we, uh, she didn't stop because she didn't see the sign. But the sign wasn't there. This uh, Asaph here in the text is describing the lack of a sign. He says, God, we see not our signs. He says, God, we used, to, we used to see your power. We used to see your direction. We used to know exactly what we were supposed to be doing. We, we, we had a sign from you, but God, we don't see it. How many of you know that Sometimes we miss the signs that are right in front of us. Yeah. Well, the children of Israel had a sign from God. It was a time that they beheld and saw the glory and the power of God. You remember the story. God led them in the wilderness. You talk about a sign. They had a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They saw that sign that God led and directed them. God, there's, there's no question about what they were supposed to do. But because of their sin, because of their rebellion against God, God took the signs away. God removed the sign. We see that in this text. Back up with me, if you would, in verse number one. And I'm going to read back to our text verse. But in, he describes here the people in the state that they were in. Asaph is speaking here. It tells us that. And he says, O oh God... Why hast thou cast us off forever? 
Why doth thine anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed this Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. Thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregation. They set up their insignia for signs. A man was famous, according as he lifted up axes upon the thick trees. He's describing here those men who were known for cutting down massive trees. He says, but now they break down the carved work thereof at once with axes and hammers. He says, they take their skill and they're destroying the house of God. He says, they've cast fire into thy sanctuary. They have defiled uh, by casting down the dwelling place of the name of the gr- to the ground. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them together. They have burned up all the synagogue of God in the land. We see not our signs. They didn't see the signs that God had put there for them. It was gone. But oftentimes in our lives, we miss the signs that God put right in front of us that was there. You know, today with GPS, it happens a lot less. And GPS is getting a little bit better. They have that natural conversation now, which sometimes messes me up. You know, it's like trying to give you directions like you would naturally say it. It'll say, head down Shawan Road to Falls Road. Like, well, you're not turning on Falls Road, though. It's just telling you, like, go that direction towards Falls, you know. I'm like, well, I don't need to know about Falls Road. I need to know where I'm supposed to turn. But we have GPS, and a lot of times, if you're not paying attention, you won't even know you missed your road until you see or you hear the rerouting. <laughs> rerouting, and then you're like, oh, no, what did I miss? Uh, how much is this going to add to my time? You know, oh, seven more minutes on this trip now uh, because I missed a turn, because I missed a sign, the direction of where I was supposed to go. How often has tragedy stuck, struck somebody that you love? Or maybe in your own life you've experienced this and you talk to them and they say, I should have seen the sign." They, should have, they say, I should have known. More than once, I've been in the hospital with somebody who had a car accident or an injury or wreck of some kind, and I've been in the hospital with them, and as pastor, they're sharing with me their heart, and they, 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 they've told me, Pastor, God's been trying to get my attention for six months. God's been, what they're saying is God's been putting signs up in front of me for the last six months and I've been ignoring the signs. Well, pastor, he woke me up today. He's got my attention now. If God will let me get out of the hospital, if God will heal me of this, if God will fix this problem, boy, I'm going to be a new man. I'm going to be a different person. A lot of times we miss the signs that God's putting in front of us even though they're right there. I want you to see in our text this morning three things that God had put in as a sign for the children of Israel that function as signs for us. And we better value and appreciate them, utilize them, or else God may take them away like he did to the children of Israel. First of all, I want you to see the sign of the sanctuary. He says in verse number 7, he says, "...they have cast fire into thy sanctuary." 
They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. The place where God's name was, the place where God's presence was, they defiled it. They cast fire into it. They took it up. Verse number 8 says, They said in their hearts, let us destroy them altogether. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. You see, beloved, they, they now were longing for the sanctuary. They were looking for the sanctuary. Now that they were gone, now that they were removed, they were saying, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have a place to go worship? Back in 2020, we experienced a little bit of that. You remember that? And the churches were all shut down and doors were closed and everybody was staying home and people were saying, boy, we had people, we, we only closed our doors here for about two weeks uh, and then we were back open. But people would come into church and say, man, I'm just trying to find a place where I can go. Where I could go to church, where I could be in God's house, where I could be where, where God is for, for a little while. And people come in here and, and they would tell me, they're like, well, my church is shut down. So I'm going to come to your church until my church opens back up. And I say, well, your church is shut down. Why don't you just come to church here? <laughs> You know, uh, we stayed open because there's something real, there's something powerful, there's something worth meeting for. Yeah. The sanctuary, it was important to them. This place where they would meet with God, where they would feel and know God's presence and his mighty power, where they would get direction for their lives. And you hear it in their cries, says, God, we see not our signs. We don't see our signs. Beloved, the house of God has always been a sign. If you'd like to, you can turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Genesis, Exodus. I, I, a lot of times I just read these texts to you and I don't have you turn to it and look at it. Uh, and I think I'm doing you a disservice. So I'm trying to train myself to give you opportunity to look in the word of God. But in the book of Exodus, chapter 31, Exodus 31, verse number 13. He says, speak thou unto the children of Israel, saying, verily my Sabbath ye shall keep. What is the next sentence? For it is a sign. For it is a sign between me and you throughout all, for, through your generation. He said, there's a sign. There, the, the Sabbath day, that time where they gathered in the house of God has always been a place where God gave his people direction, where God pointed his people and what they should do. The house of God was not just a place where you gather together and sing and have fun and pat each other on the back, but it was a place where you gathered and met with God, where God gave you direction for your life. God loved the church and gave himself for it. You and I should love the church. Amen. The church should be important to us. The church should be an integral part of our lives. I want you to know, beloved, that if you love God, you're going to love church. Right. It's not something that's just to take it or leave it or, or, or catch it if you can. If there, I joke with people like on Sunday afternoon, I'll say, yeah, we'll see you at church tonight if there's nothing on TV. You know. If the game's over in time, I'll make it this evening. We'll see you. We'll see you then. Of course, they know I'm messing with them. I'm the pastor. I got to be here, right? <laughs> but you know what? When I wasn't the pastor, I was here. Right. I, I can count. 
probably on one hand, but I can guarantee you on both hands, the services that I've missed in my life since I was born. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night. Revival meetings in my entire life. Not the weeks, I'm saying the individual services, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service, every week of my life. It's something important. I'm not patting myself on the back. I had a mom and dad that trained me and told me church was important. One guy said, man, when I was young, I had a drug problem. My mom and dad drug me to church (laughs) every Sunday, every Sunday night. That's what happened to me. You know, I'm going to tell you, can I be honest with you? There was times I didn't want to go to church. Just a few weeks ago, I was telling Mary, man, I don't want to go to church. She said, you have to. You're the pastor. <laughs> Sometimes you don't feel like it, but you got to say, you know what? It's important. I need to be there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. God loved the church. If, if you love God, you're going to love the church. You know, Satan's going to give you every kind of excuse, every kind of problem, every kind of challenge is going to come up for you to miss the church for you to miss the sign that God has for you. As long as we have the house of God, we better gladly and faithfully gather in the house of God that we might have the benefit of the sign that God gives us to direct our lives. You know, the preacher gets up and he speaks. You know, There's young couples maybe in church, and I was talking to them in Sunday school, but you know, I might talk to the young couples and say, hey, you know what? If you're going to have a successful marriage, the law of priority has to be forefront. The law of priority is found in the book of Genesis where he says they leave and cleave. The leave and cleave principle that we learned that they left their father and the mother and they clave unto one another. It was for them individually. They clave to each other and nobody else. And I, I tell you, you know, that young lady, you get married and, you know, all of those friends that you had, all those boys that used to be friends can no longer hold that position. He is the most important to you. As a young, young man, you know, you, gotta, you wanna have a successful marriage, you, you've gotta, she has to be the priority. You can't, she just, just be one of the things. No, she's the priority for you. That's direction, it's a sign. God's giving you a sign about how to have a right relationship. You know, I, I speak to the husbands and say, you know what, you better love your wife like Christ loved the church. It's a sign. You want to have a successful home, a happy marriage. You love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself, gave himself for it. You know, maybe the reason that she acts like a battle axe is because you treat her like one. Maybe you should treat her like the angel she is. You say, well, angel, she's not an angel. Treat her like an angel anyway. It's a sign. God's putting something in front of you and say, hey, maybe you need to make an adjustment here. 
Maybe you need to change the way you've been treating your mate. Maybe you need to change the way the priorities that you have in your life because you're not making the relationship with your mate the priority it should be. I don't know, but there's times that the Word of God is preached and it might not even be something that I say. It might not be something that I preach on, but the Holy Spirit of God comes down into the pew right next to you and the Spirit touches you on the heart and says, boy, you better stop going this way. You better stop doing this or you better change this. Otherwise, you're in for a road of heartache. Doesn't even have to be anything I speak, but God put up a sign. How many of you have been there? You've been there? God came and talked to you right where you were at? I mean, I, maybe I've had people come up down to the service, and they say to me sometimes, when you said this, man, you were talking right at me. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't think I said that. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think that I even, I don't recall even saying that I think the spirit of God was just taking the words that I said and changing them for what you need to hear you know so you you get what, what you're supposed to get because it's not it's not the preacher it's the word of God the church is not about meeting together it's about meeting with God and allowing him to put them signs up to give us direction I heard of this week, actually, I heard about a missionary, a pastor that was visiting a foreign mission field, stopping to see one of his missionaries. And uh, he went there and he was asked to preach a week of meetings. So each night he was going to hold services and there were, people were invited from all over. And one elderly lady came into the service and was working her way down front and he met her in the aisle and he says, boy, it's great to see you. Glad that you're here tonight. Uh, good to have you. You look a little tired. Can we get you a seat? She's like, oh, I am tired. He said, did you have a long day of work? She says, well, yeah, not only did I work, but I had to walk two and a half hours to get here. And he said, you walked two and a half hours to hear me preach? And she said, no, I walked two and a half hours to hear from God. Sufficiently put in his place, he understood the importance of his task that night. I want you to understand, beloved, it's not about the guy standing up here. It's that we would meet with God, that God would reach down into our soul and give us guidance, that he would set up some signs, and that we would see those signs and respond. We see, secondly, the thing that they lost is the servant. He says in verse number nine there, he says, We see not our sign, there is no more any prophet, neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. He said, God, the prophet, the prophet of God is gone. The servant of God, the the man of God that we would go to and talk to, the man that could get a hold of heaven for us, the man that would go to God and pray for our needs and concerns, the servant that you appointed, it's no longer available. Lord, where is the sign of the servant that was there? God would often, in the word of God, bring about a servant, a prophet, somebody to guide his people. Turn your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 24. Ezekiel. Now that one's a little bit harder. You get to Psalms and then keep going towards the right. You get Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. That's where you'll get to Ezekiel. So uh, get to Ezekiel there and turn to Ezekiel, chapter 24. I want you to see that God would put a 
man in place, a messenger from him that he would bring reproof in rebellion and he would bring hope when there was hardship. But in Ezekiel 24, verse number 24, look what he says here. He says, thus, Ezekiel is unto you, what? A sign. A sign. Ezekiel is unto you a sign that God put the man of God, God put the prophet, he put somebody there to give them some guidance, to give them some instruction, to give them some direction, to show them what they were supposed to do. God would bring a prophet on the scene to guide his people when they were in need of direction, when they were in need of a sign. And Asaph said, hey, the prophet's gone. The servant's gone. They lost it. God has given you And I, as a church, this blessing, the benefit of what we call a pastor, the word of God referred to in the Old Testament there, a prophet, somebody that God had chosen and selected to give guidance to the people. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, the Bible says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Don't you know that the pastor is a gift from God to the church? And I've already sufficiently described and explained the fact that it's not about the guy standing up here. It's not about him individually or his personality or what he's like. It's about the position that God filled It's the place that God put him, that God appointed him. Could I encourage you today to pray for your pastor? Pray for him. You know, pastor's personality might not be what clicks with you. It's not about personality. It's about meeting with God. You know, they they didn't like Paul. There were some people that accused Paul of not being very eloquent. And we look at it and we think, what in the world? But you have to understand in the day and age when when Paul was addressing the crowds, they were coming off of Socrates. They were were coming off of the the great Greek philosophers. And they, they found pride in that development of great oratory. And so they looked at Paul and they thought, what does Paul have? Paul even says of himself in 1 Corinthians 2.4, he says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, hey, I'm not preaching to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I'm not, I'm not here just to uh, wax eloquent. And I want you to know that I work hard to wax eloquent. This is the best you're going to get from me. I work hard. I mean, I labor over the, the message and even specifically how to say a particular phrase. I write it down in my notes. And I think, man, that's rich. And I say it and you guys all sit there like a bump on a log. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that's the best thing I'm going to say this morning. You guys didn't even hear it. Like, Whatever. You know how long I had to study the dictionary to come up with those two words? (laughs) 
I try and be eloquent. I, I try and, and, and make the services interesting. But beloved, more important than them being interesting, more important than them being some story that draws and captivates your attention, I pray that the Spirit of God would reach into your heart and would capture your soul. That's what's important. Paul said, I don't speak with the words of enticing men, but with the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. That's what we want. We want a pastor that's going to do that. Pray and preach in the power of God. And beloved, we need a real powerful sign, not something that's manufactured, not something that's propped up or puffed up, but that's true and real. It's the call of God on the pastor's life to stand up and hold up signs. And say, stop! It's his job to hold up a sign and say, wait, 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 don't turn that way. That's what he's called to do. He's called to tell you the direction you're headed is wrong. You want to go to Texas You can't drive north. Doesn't work. How many of you have seen a kid sometimes? They're just, they know. I know. You're like, you know, you need to do it like, and they're like, I know. You know, okay. And then you watch them do it wrong. And then you look and you say, okay, do you want some help? Sometimes I think God looks at us like that. And we're, we're, we're saying, Lord, I know. And he's saying, I tried to put up a sign for you. I tried to give you some direction. I tried to show you what to do. And we're like, I know, I know. You know, nobody likes a backseat driver. My wife, I'm going to tell you right now, my wife is a better driver than me. She is. But if I'm awake, I have to be driving. Otherwise, it is an exercise in self-control for me to keep my mouth shut. (laughs) I mean, I sit there just wanting to say, why didn't you turn there? Why didn't you go there? Yeah, we had lots of time right there. We could have gone like five times already. I know she's being safe, but yeah, we want to get there. So when we travel, I I literally believe she's a better driver than me. But if I'm awake, I got to be driving. So I wake up, and what do I say? Pull over. (laughs) We'll pull over on the side of the road and switch back. It's just... Nobody likes a backseat driver. And I think sometimes Christians feel like the pastor is their backseat driver. Like he's back there telling you what to do, where to turn, which, which way you need to do this. You need to like, There's pastor again. He gets up and, and, you know, I preach on seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I say, put God first. And you say, oh, there goes pastor again on his theme, on his theme verse. There goes pastor on his light burst. You know, he's put God first. No, it's a sign. God's putting up a sign. He's trying to get you to turn. They didn't like it in the word of God either. They didn't like Paul. They didn't like Jeremiah. They didn't like Isaiah or Amos or Ezekiel. But God said he was given as a sign unto them. The pastor's not perfect. And there is nobody in here that knows that better than the one speaking. 
If there is anybody here that knows that I am not all that in a bag of chips, it's me. If there's anybody that knows that I, that I am insufficient and I lack in a lot of areas, even to be your pastor, it's me. Lord knows I'm going to forget something important, like your name. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to forget something, you know, that, that I was supposed to be at or, or, or be late for something. I mean, I'm going to make mistakes. But see, God's given us a pastor for a sign. And we've got to value and take advantage of them. See the signs and yield to them. Lastly, this morning, I want you to see that, and I, I won't be long, but lastly, I want you to see the scriptures. If you're back in Psalm 74, I know I had you turn around, but in Psalm 74, in verse number 20, he says, Have respect unto the covenant. Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. The covenant of God is the scriptures, the, the word of God. The book, this book, beloved, is full of signs for you and I. Full of direction for you and I. The word of God says, Psalms 119, 105, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing, dividing, the sunder, soul and spirit. This word of God, this life-changing, life-guiding word of God is available to us all. But are you using it? Are you reading it? It's a lamp unto your feet. I have here a... Flashlight. Kind of bright, huh? If you look right at it, don't, don't look right at it. It's a flashlight. It's a lamp unto your feet. It's dark. Shows you what you should do. It's also a light unto your path. How do you open this thing? See, I work very hard to be interesting. Uh, it's a light unto your path, right? It's the word of God. It's a lamp unto your feet. It shows you right here the decisions you've got to make today, right now. It's a light unto your path. It shows you way down the road. But do you know what the problem is? There's a lot of us. I'll tell you what. We've got our lamp. We've got that. All closed up. And under our arm, looking like a Christian, but the light's off. The sign that God wants to use to give you direction, to show you where to go for your life, to show you how to raise your kids, to show you how to care for your mate, to show you what to do with your finances, to show you how to have that happy life that you want to have. It's all in there. And we got it under our arm. But we're not opening it up. We're not reading the signs. We're not utilizing or taking advantage of the sign that God has for us. It's right there. Get it out. Read it. 
Let it be a guide for your life. What a privilege God has given us this. As I bring this to a close this morning, I want you to think about the fact that they lost the sign because they took it for granted. They ignored it. Didn't do what God wanted them to do. And God took it away. God said, okay. No more sanctuary. No more servant. No more scripture. And then they sat back and they said, God, where's our sign? What I would implore you this morning is, well, you have a sign. Well, you have a sanctuary. Take full advantage of it. Well, you have a servant. Let him hold up some signs for you. Well, you have the scripture. Get in the word of God. Let it guide your life.